Today's reading is from Acts 1, verses 1 through 11. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father is fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. All right. Good morning. It is, uh, it's great to see you all here this morning. As uh, especially as um, some of you guys trickle back into town here from uh, after being gone for, you know, over the holidays and things like that. If you weren't here last week, Happy New Year. Um, also, if you weren't here last week, uh, we talked about relocation. Relationships, um, uh, you know, how we relate and interact with one another from different ages, different genders, um, and we even hit on, uh, you know, romantic relationships and dating. So if you were, if you're, uh, and you fit in that demographic and uh, you weren't here, which a bunch of you weren't, it was kind of like, who are we even talking? There was like a couple guys here, people, and they got it. Um, <laughs> we even had some eye contact, but. Um, no, it was, uh, it's good, though, to be together. Um, sorry, I didn't introduce myself, though. My name's Dave. Um, I'm the lead pastor here at Redemption Tucson. And if you're new, uh, just a heads up, just so you know, I have a stutter. And it kind of comes in and out as I go. Um, so consider yourself warned. Uh, it's not that I'm shivering, though I am. But um, it's also just that it's, it's uh, again, it's a Gutter. But, um, you know, we're going to get into it here pretty quickly. I'm excited to get into our time in Acts, um, the book of Acts. And it, it's, it's, um, we're going to be in this all the way through the fall. We'll have a couple breaks here and there, like for Easter and a few, um, a f- a f- a few other things like that. But we'll be pretty much kind of hunkering down in Acts um, all the way uh, through next fall. So very excited about that and um, excited to see what God will do to teach us and to shape us. We believe that uh, God's word is profitable. Um, for uh, all of life, and so we submit ourselves to his word, and, and just again, I, I believe that we will be shaped as the first recipients of this um, were shaped by, by hearing uh, the good news of Jesus expounded upon and taught and walked through. So that's what we'll be doing. Um, so go ahead and meet me over in, in Acts. If you have a Bible, um, turn there with, with me, or if you have an app, or um, you know, however you do it. Um, if you don't have a Bible, hold your hand up high and keep it up. Um, please, and somebody will get you a Bible. Um, también si quieres la 
Biblia en español y no tienes, levanta su mano y diga español. Y si no tienes una Biblia, eso es un regalo a usted. Okay, we want to give this to you. If you don't own a Bible, you do now. Keep this, um, make it your own, put your name in it, underline stuff, ask questions. Um, again, especially if, if you're going to be here, we would encourage you and invite you to be here with us throughout this whole series. And um, want to encourage you, bring your Bible. Um, bring this one if you don't have one. Put your name again and follow along as we, as we see that this is God's word spoken to us. And, and, and we believe and trust that he shapes us through it. Um, so on that note, to that end, um, it's a quick little, little intro of kind of where we're headed, both now, this, this morning, and also throughout the whole series, is um, Acts, okay? In most of your Bibles, even in the ones that we just handed out, which are great, the English Standard Version um, Bible is what we, you know, normally use, um, which, by the way, just a little plug, I'm not sp- sp- sponsored by them or anything, though that'd be cool, right? Wear shirts and like a UFC fighter or something with all my sponsors. But um, uh, Crossway uh, Bibles, who makes makes these from, for the most part, they um, they gave me a new one. I, I just was like, mine was falling apart. People were commenting on it. It was not good. Like whole books were like, you know, out of place because it was all falling apart. And um, I just looked up their website and they were like, ask us for help. And it was like a right there, instant kind of chat. And I'm not young and hip like most of you. So I'm like, what is this? I didn't even know this existed. Who am I talking to out there? And just kind of type on and someone responds and he's like, hey, my name's Tony, how can I help you? In short, tell him the story. He's like, we'll send you a new one. And it showed up yesterday. So um, there we go. Yes, right? It's the little things. Um, Exciting. That said, man, they got it wrong. Uh, And people have been for a lot of years. No, in the most of you, the heading says the Acts of the Apostles. And that's what most people call it. That's what it's historically been called. But it's rightly should be titled, um, or at least for us to understand, it's the Acts of God. Okay, and that word Acts, as you see up here, and we'll have it up here for a long time in case you forget where we are. Acts is like the works and it really is more like, like the acts or the works of the risen Lord and Savior, Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, whom he has sent, working in and through his people. Right? But that's a long title. That's a mouthful. So we can shorten at least to the acts of God. Okay, and so this is where we'll be specifically the whole time, this whole year, we'll be seeing God. We get like a front row seat of God on the move, God working through his people, displaying who he is. And specifically to kind of set the stage for us, where we'll be <coughs> this morning. I got a cough too. I got a stutter and a cough. It's a tough life. But um, <laughs> so trying to get um, rid of that. But you'll see, this is where we'll see, we'll see, we'll see God's plan, um, played out over his timing, um, through his power. Okay. So that's where we'll be. We'll walk through it this morning. We'll see God's plan, God's timing, God's power. And, um, again, we get to see God on the move, God working the acts of God. Amen. Um, and if you're new, I like to get some response just to know that you're uh, tracking with me when I say amen. So let's go ahead and pray, and I will end by saying amen. We can all say that together. Amen means I agree, or yes, it is so. Um, amen? All right, let's, let's, uh, let's pray and, and continue. Lord, thank you for this morning. Um, thank you that we can be here together, though we are kind of cold. I know that's, there's an asterisk next 
to that. We got people out here who've been in New York for the last year and they know um, <laughs> what cold is like. But also we're just aware. I just, uh, we don't want to, we can get so numb to the things that we have and are blessed with, Lord, that we have a, a, ro a ro roof over our heads and we have a school that is hospitable and opens their doors and normally does have the heat and the air on and, um, and, they're, and they're here for us and we get to partner with them and, and, and so we're thankful and we pray that you would generate um, uh, gr gr gratitude and thankfulness among us even this morning as we, as we look at you and, and you working and so Lord wherever we are coming from this mo morning whether having trusted you um, and placed our faith in you or, or still not so sure and, and um, just here to kind of see what you're all about, um, or Lord, wherever we might be, um, we, we, we ask you and trust that you will speak to us. Lord, open our eyes and our ears and our hearts. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, getting um, right into it here together in Acts chapter 1, verse 1. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. So um, just kind of good, good practice is just wondering, like, what's going on here? Where am I at in this story? Where am I kind of picking up what's going on? Who's this, you know, Theophilus character? What is that um, all about? Who is this? So um, kind of just, again, little backdrop for us to know where we are and where we're headed in all this. The author of this is Luke, who is a, is a player in some of this stuff that we'll read. Luke is involved. He was a companion of the Apostle Paul. Paul, who um, actually something I learned, and some of you guys were there too, we got to learn, Luke wrote the majority of the New Testament, or he's the, he wrote the most of any one author who wrote the New Testament, it was Luke. I wrongly always thought it was Paul, right? Yeah, some of you were helping me out there, it's good. My kids have started doing that too, which is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> But anyway, um, yeah, Paul, right? You think he definitely wrote the most books, but in terms of overall content, Luke wrote, wrote the most. And that was just good information. I thought I'd share that with some of you guys. He beat him out by a couple chapters. But, uh, um, but yeah, so Luke wrote the most. But Luke um, is a companion of Paul, a traveling companion who we'll see doing a lot um, kind of f further on here in a couple of w weeks down the road. We'll get introduced to um, Saul, whose name is, becomes Paul. But um, Luke is writing to this guy, Theophilus. And Luke also wrote the gospel according to Luke, right? Some of you guys know the, the beginning of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And it's actually the gospel according to Matthew, the gospel according to Mark. We spent over a year in Mark before, but Luke, um, and it was a really detailed account of Jesus and his life and his works. And even as it says there in verse two, um, he, he, he says, until that day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit um, to the apostles whom he had chosen. So he's saying, I, I told you what Jesus began to do and teach. And Theophilus is a person, there are different, different kind of takes on this guy, Theophilus, but likely he is a person, um, not kind of a metaphor or anything like that. He's a person who is um, likely a, a, a wealthy, influential man who's non-Jewish. So he's Gentile because his name, Theophilus, is very Greek. And so he's likely a non-Jewish man of great influence. And like many people wondering, well, what's God doing? Even in the book of Luke, in fact, you don't have to turn there with me. I don't have it up there on the screen. But even in, in Luke um, 
chapter 1 in verse 3, just so we see how all this is going. He says, It seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus. Verse 4, he says, That you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. So, um, so you might have certainty about these things. He's like, just like, again, many of us, and even like all of us here as a young church, um, they're, they're in this place of like, what's God doing? It's counterintuitive, okay? Because God has had a plan from the very beginning, right? God created us to bear his image, to reflect him in our work, in our lives, in our relationship with him, in our relationships with each other. And then sin entered in. Sin means not God, basically. No thanks, God. I'm going to go my way, not your way. I want to do it my own. Individually and communally and universally, the fall, as it's referred to, or the rebellion, we turned away from God. And God, even very beginning in Genesis chapter 3, God says, I have a plan. I'm going to send one who will crush this sin. He's, he, he says, you know, and you will bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. That's what he tells the serpent. And, and that's a, a foreshadowing and a picture, the proto-Euangelion, the first gospel. Um, and and, he, and he, he reveals his plan. But throughout history, much like us today, there's like, God, but this isn't how I would do it. Like you're, you're working, you say you're working, but I'm not so sure. And so likely Theophilus um, though he is a, an actual man, is a picture of many of us and what the church would experience as well of, I, I need some reassurance here. I, I've got some questions. And so in Luke even, you see the author there, Luke, saying, um, I'm, I'm, I'm saying these things here so you can have some assurance and you can know. Okay, so, so, you, so you're having somewhat of a crisis of faith or you're asking some hard questions and I'm gonna write you these things. He shares the gospel, the story of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. And then he says, I, I want you to know. And he does that all the way up to the ascension, which we'll actually get to some this morning because Acts goes with Luke. It's like often most, most people, most theologians call it Luke-Acts, like Luke slash Acts. And it's like volume one, volume two, you know, um, like, like a new hope, Empire Strikes Back, you know, kind of deal. Um, we just watched all those in my house. So, um, but it's like, okay, they go together. So he's referring back, referring forward. And so now he's saying, so Theophilus, I'm writing you this stuff as well. So you will know God has a plan. He's not caught off guard. Theophilus is like, I don't get it. You came down here, you, as, as Stephen said earlier, during our time of confession and then assurance of grace, that Jesus died on the cross to assure and to secure his people's um, lives and hearts and salvation forever. And that was a victorious thing, but um, it's weird, right? It's not the way we would do it. Like, we don't usually win fights by dying. And, and, and so, even in the very beginning, in Luke there, it's the same kind of thing, like, uh, I'm still confused all this, but I guess I get it. Jesus died and won the fight by dying and then raising from the dead, and he defeated sin, but then he ascended. Okay, still confused. I thought he's going to usher in some kind of kingdom, but he peaced out. Like, now what? You know, and so he's writing this next account of, no, no, he still has a plan. And he continues on. And then it says in verse 4, And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. 
Okay, again, if you're following along, underline that, circle that, take notes, because that's, that's a key verse that's going to set the tone for our entire walking here through Acts. That the big picture is God's plan is still continuing. Yes, Jesus ascended to the right hand of God the Father, and again, we'll get to that down in verses 9 through 11 where we, we see that happening. But, but he's, he's saying, listen, um, God's, God promised, and his plan was even revealed very earlier that, 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 that you would be baptized with the Holy Spirit. This, is, this would remind, again, Theophilus and anyone else who would re- read this, who would read along. Again, you don't have to turn there, but if you have your Bible and you're kind of tracking with me in this, you can turn there just quickly in Luke chapter 3, verse 16. Again, this is another one you should underline and know. The, the a guy that we got to hear, some of us got to go here and spend a whole day. Some of you, this sounds horrible, but um, so that's why we kind of... Sp- Haste it out week by week, but we got to hear about Acts from a foremost theologian, a professor who just came and he just taught us on this. And that's something, one of the many blessings of being a part of redemption as a whole is we can do that. And, you know, small, young church like us can be a part of hearing from this guy that flew out from Dallas for a day. And, and something that, he, that he, um, he shared that was so, so, so helpful was that the audience would have kind of perked up to some of these things. And, and one of these things would have been, well, what's this deal with baptism? Okay, and they, they started to understand baptism, but, but now how's that, how's that play out? What's the, what's the whole story there? And so again, referring back to Luke, this would have like alarms would be going off like, oh, I get it. I get what you're saying. Like, okay, I, I understand what happened here is back in Luke chapter 3, verse 16, right? A lot of times NFL, the playoffs are going on. You see John 3, 16, right, in the, in the end zone. Well, someone, I'm challenging you, someone get a sign that says Luke 3, 16, right? And everyone be like, oh, what's that one? Who's that guy? He got the wrong, got the wrong, you know, chapter. But this is what it says it's when it's when um, John the Baptist sees Jesus and is and is asked about what he's doing and why he's on the scene and all this and he says, "Listen, um, one is coming after me whose sandals I'm not even fit to untie. He's so much greater. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit." And so Jesus is revealing. We'll get to the Holy Spirit um, in like next week and then certainly in a couple weeks in chapter two, we'll be, we'll be all about the Holy Spirit, okay? You, you guys will think we're charismatic church, okay? We're gonna be getting there, really getting, we're kind of a little bit, right? With a, but we're gonna be getting there and really talking about the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is here now and, and he has already come. And, and so this is a, again, a building up here of this, the, the, the work and the big idea here, again, this is the Holy Spirit working through his people. And God's plan all along is that his people would be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, we're not fully. A lot of people wouldn't give us the charismatic card because we don't believe in a second baptism, right? Real charismatic kind of Pentecostal churches are like, oh, yeah, you got to have a second baptism. We don't believe that. We believe that the Bible teaches you can still be a believer and those things and have a relationship. We have real good relationships with such churches, okay? I'm kind of going off script here, by the way. But, um, but, but here's what, what this means, though. This is important stuff. Are you tracking with me? Amen? Amen. Okay, because when you put your faith in Jesus, your heart is now given to him. He has, he has turned a, a heart of stone into a heart of flesh and given you, you faith and new life in him. You're forgiven. 
And then he baptizes, sends the Holy Spirit to indwell um, you. And, and so now you have your faith in him, and, and now he has sent the Holy Spirit. So your identity is one is forgiven and accepted, as we talked about earlier, forgiven by Jesus, accepted by God um, as Jesus, and now empowered by the same Holy Spirit who indwelt Jesus to empower him to do the, the works and the miracles and the ministry that God the Father sent him to do. And so this is a, a beautiful foreshadowing of, of the message, the promise that God's plan, and, and you'd be waiting, wait, what does this mean? And, and, and there's a beautiful picture when we do baptism services, which we just did one a couple weeks ago, and we're gonna do one again coming up um, February 26th, so if you want to be baptized and you didn't that last time or you have, you know, questions or you want to talk, indicate that. We'd love to talk to you. We'll do them every day if we could, right? We'll do them all the time. So it's not like, oh, we just did one. We have to wait again. No, someone came forward, said, I want to be baptized, so we're going to do it, and we're excited for it. And, and I'll explain all this then, but it's, it's a picture of going from death to life, forgiven to accepted, um, stagnant to empowered, okay? And, and that's something that I think a lot of us don't, don't really understand. And that's where the baptism of the Holy Spirit should be a picture for us. In fact, I got a picture here to share of, a, I think this was our second ever baptism service. Some of y'all know, know her. She was um, part of our church, was, was baptized. This is like the second baptism service that we ever had. And just what a beautiful picture caught of, um, what, you know, we say buried with Christ and raised again to new life in, in him. In, 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 in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity is fleshed out, is talked about, is going here. And then you see that, 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 that picture, buried with Christ, raised again to new life. And here's the deal. The picture also includes, you see there, forgiven, yes. Okay, forgiven. But a lot of times we stay there, right? I'm kind of drowning. I'm, you know, we kind of think like you're just there, you're staying in the water, you're forgiven, but, but now what? You just kind of stay there. No, but, but the plan of God has always been to baptize you with the Holy Spirit, brought into now new life, new power that he will, he, will, he will live out through you. I know I'm getting ahead, God's plan, God's timing, God's power, but I can't help it. I can't, I can't stay away because I'm so excited that, that God's plan would be that he would fill his people to new life. So we would live so we wouldn't just stay and just be like, okay, I'm forgiven. I'm just going to sit here and just kind of, you know, go from Sunday to Sunday. And no, but that there would be a purpose and a plan. And I love that picture of you see coming out of the water like, all right, I'm filled. I'm, I'm ready. Let me live. Okay, live out my identity now in the plans and the purposes of God. Amen? And so the, the, the question now would be for this guy, Theophilus, and for all of Jesus' followers, and likely for us as well, well, when, right? This, this incredible power. And we have, the, we have the benefit of kind of knowing the story, right, further along, even though we're going to slow down and walk through it step by step. Like we know, again, the Holy Spirit has been sent. Acts chapter 2 already happened like 2,000 years ago. So that's why we can kind of go back and forth and talk about it. But, but, but enter in here to the anticipation, okay? Um, Luke reminds them of what Jesus said here in verse 5. And then there's like, well, okay, wh when, what now? So now we see God's plan and, and God's timing. Because they're asking, when, God? When are you going to show up? Verse 6. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? 
And look what Jesus said. Verse 7. And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. Does he just tear his hair out and just say, you idiots, like, you know, rebuke slap. Like, you don't, you don't know anything. You just, you know, and just call him out. No. But he also doesn't just say, oh, okay, I'll just tell you. I'll give you everything that you want to hear. I'll just let you know all this stuff. No. He, he, he says, it's not for you to know. And, and, and I think this is a picture. This is definitely what he said here, and this is meant to have an effect a kind of a two-part, somewhat of a conviction and also an affirmation. I know a lot of us in here and a lot of people we know and love walk through life asking questions. God, what's your timing? It's not really, not really li- living up to my expectation. And, and, and I say that and it sounds trite. Like we're just like, like we're, but it's, I mean, it's a genuine wondering, you know, God, where are you? Um, you know, some of you guys know my wife and I walked through infertility for a long time. Now we have triplets who are nine years old. You could kind of connect the dots. Um, but you see, you know, God, but it was a long time and it wasn't even the way you would think. It was still a miraculous answer to prayer and God working. But many of our close friends, someone we were glad to get reconnected to when we moved back here, they never, never saw that prayer answered the way they and. And now they have three kids as well, um, but came through adoption. And even their crazy stories of God working, <coughs> they adopted, then <laughs> they adopted again. Then suddenly the birth m- mother, um, <coughs> sorry, I'm getting all choked up over this. I am, man, I'm coughing. But it was like, you saw this incredible, beautiful story through just different ways and different timing and the birth of mother having another child, but knowing, oh, this family, um, maybe they want to adopt this child now, this half biological sibling. And so this family that we know and love, we, we walked with through infertility for a long time. They um, now have three kids and, and it's incredible. And they actually have a relationship with that mom. It's an open adoption. It's a beautiful story. And some I know, though, who are in here and are walking through infertility are like, that's not really the timeline or the plan I'm really hoping for. And and I get that. And let me say this, too. In the moment is not the time for us to say, hey, God's timing. God's God's plan. God's timing. He'll do his thing, you know, and like in the moment. But here's the deal. A lot of us, we need to kind of in these moments, in this time, single young people, wherever you're at, kind of begin to, in, to saturate ourselves or become fluent, if we can use that language, become fluent in, in gospel truth, in the, in the plans and the purposes of God, where we, where we begin to know, and through our community, we experience it through our relationships with other people, older, younger, different genders, different life stages, different socioeconomic statuses from us. And we, we see these things, and we talk about, and then we start to see, oh, that's what waiting on God's timing looks like in that context and for that person. And then Maybe in a different way, in a different context, in a different time, that shows up, and that, and God uses that to uh, enable you to get through that season that you're in. And often the answer is very similar to this: it's God saying, "I have a plan, and I have a timeline." 
And he doesn't rebuke you. He doesn't say, don't ever ask me. He doesn't say, don't bring your, your requests before me. Right? We could go back just a couple weeks ago to uh, the, <laughs> the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus says, you know, ask, seek, knock. Like the father gives good gifts to his children. But often those good gifts don't show up in the time or the way that we think they should or that we're expecting. And so let this be good news that God does have a plan and God does have a timeline. But we need reassurance Right, And his people even here needed reassurance. And so he goes on right there next, and he talks about his power. He reveals his power, picking up in verse 8. And he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. There's a promise there. They're like, when? He's like, that's not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And there's a lot of different people have written and preached on this, and I love it. It's really good. Um, we're not going to just take that one verse out of kind of the whole story and just preach on it just there and make it fit kind of our context. Because... Um, I will suffice it to say, or leave it to say, that is a powerful and beautiful verse, and it belongs in this context with the v verses before and after. And just again, let's, let's kind of transplant ourselves to first century you know, Judaism, to the early church. Jesus ascended. They're wondering, God, what are you going to do? And then he tells them, and this is for their context, very clear. You will be my witnesses. There is work yet to be done. You, you, I know you're standing there looking up. We'll see that again in the next couple verses. They're like standing there looking up. Jesus has just ascended, and they're like, well, now what? You know, I don't know. Let's play, you know, patty cake or just do our just sit there and wait. And a lot of Christians today, that's we're just doing that. We're just sitting there, just stagnant, just getting, uh, you know, spiritually obese, just taking in, taking in, and not like, not flowing out, not giving out, not actively participating as God has called us to. And, and so there's a plan here, and he's saying, no, you will be my witnesses, and they're in Jerusalem, by the way, so he's like, you'll be my witnesses right here in Jerusalem, as well as going to all of Judea, the surrounding area, and even to Samaria, and there's a massive socioeconomic, ethnic, religious, cultural message that he's saying there. He is saying people that you don't like, people that you don't get, people that are different from you, my plan goes beyond your circle, goes beyond your kind of holy huddle and who you feel safe and comfortable around. I'm going to take you and use you to go to these places. Remember that Holy Spirit who I sent, you're forgiven and now raised again to new life in Jesus and he's got plans for you and he don't just stand there looking up, he's going to send you even to Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. I think there's also a double meaning here just for fun. You see this is he's also laying out the roadmap kind of for the entire book of Acts. Okay, because this is the trajectory that we'll see the works of God, God on the move, God displaying his power and his goodness and his character and his gospel, his message going first to Israel, first to Jerusalem, then to Judea, then to Samaria. We'll, we'll get there. We'll see that happening. And then to the ends of the earth, the Ethiopian eunuch, 
And then even marching on all the way, Paul is called from Jerusalem, Israel, Israel um, you know, Pharisee, all this stuff. And then he puts his, not a Philistine, Pharisee, and he puts his faith in Jesus and goes, and then he travels all the way to the ends of the earth in that time, to, to Spain and all the way up to Rome. And you see, okay, God, God, God's plan, his timing even kind of foreshadowed here. He calls his shot. Like, I'm going to go to these places. And they're still just standing there, looking up. Verse 9. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. He ascended to the right hand of the throne of God. There, there's a, a message here, and a purpose and a plan of the, the divinity and the power of Jesus. Again, like go back to just a few minutes ago, the whole story we've been walking through here. I don't get it. Like you came as a little baby, right? We just celebrated that a couple weeks ago. Counterintuitive, you died. Like you, you delivered the knockout punch through dying. Not the way I would go about this whole thing. Okay, you rose from the dead, you ascended. And again, just a reminder here, this is God Almighty, the creator of heavens and earth the creator of all things, the one through whom and for whom all things have been made, this Jesus who, who has made himself close, who has incarnated, God cum carne, who has put on flesh, put on meat, come to dwell among you in, in grace and truth, and you get to know him, and, and yeah, that's a good thing. Okay? Jesus is your homeboy. You can, you can just call him, and you can say, you know, what would Jesus do, and he's my buddy, and Jesus is this, and Jesus is that, but don't forget because he has chosen to make himself known to dwell among you, all the more that should be informed by how great is our God. By this, he has ascended to heaven, to the right hand of the throne of God. And there's kind of an, oh yeah, oh yeah. That's who we're talking about here. That's who we're dealing with here. And then in verse 10, it goes on and says, and while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes. And said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. So first, these, 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 these two men, these witnesses that are right there. This, similarly, if some of you guys remember, okay, Easter, right? Go back to Easter with me here, right? When, when they go to the empty tomb, these two women go. And again, Luke's account would reveal this. And would remind us of this, that he goes to, he, uh, um, that they, 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 they hear that Jesus has risen and these two women go to, to prepare his body to be buried and to put, you know, different spices and all these things. And they show up and they're like, where's Jesus? And then these two witnesses, these two men, likely these angelic witnesses, are there. And they say, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He's not here for he has risen. He has risen indeed. You don't have to only say that on Easter. Just kidding. Some of you guys don't even know what I'm talking about. I didn't know that. Didn't grow up in the church. I'm like, whoa, everybody said that in unison. I didn't get it. But some of you know, you know, on Easter, my, my in-laws answer the phone that way. He's risen. And at first I'm like, what? Okay, cool. Yes, he has. And then, but your, you know, church culture going way back, people would respond. He has risen indeed. But Okay, he has risen. He's not here. <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> Big gulps, huh? Um, 
So he's, um, so he's going along here and these two witnesses, and this is incredible though, because you see the same message right here. Verse 10, there's a divine witness here and a, a human witness. Real people have seen Jesus. In some ways, this is like a call out, okay, to skeptics. Some, I know we have some here with us today. I don't know, science, I believe this, uh, historical, it's all, you know, it's all hypothetical. It's all been, you know, translated. And we just throw out these random things that really, for the most part, are just straight out wrong. And one is, oh, I don't, Jesus didn't really die and he didn't really raise from the dead and all these things. Well, no, this is a real historical account written um, around only like less than 30 years, likely, after Jesus's crucifixion within 30 to 50 years after Jesus's crucifixion. So people are there alive who really saw Jesus raised from the dead and really saw him ascend. So there are real witnesses here. Okay. So this is again, just a reminder, this is historical fact here. Okay. This is historical stuff like pinch yourself. That's real. Okay. This isn't little storybook time, you know, back there in the day. No, this is real stuff and it's divine. There are human and angelic witnesses to the divine works of God. And the message that these people are left with and that you and I are left with, the question that's beginning, beginning to be asked that we're going to dive into even next week is this. What are you doing? Right now, look at God, his plan, his timing, his power. He says here, wait, Wait because I'm working. Wait because I'm on the move. Have faith. Be faithful. I pray that that F word would define us this year. Okay, and I've even said that we had some people over for dinner and I was like, I, this, I've been all about this F word lately and they, the wife wasn't in our conversation. She's kind of looked up like, what did he just say? Well, that, not that F word, this F, the best F word, Faithful. Faithful. I, I'm, 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 I'm serious. I'm not just being cute there. But that, 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 that idea here of what does it mean to be faithful? Waiting doesn't necessarily mean just standing around doing nothing. This should be somewhat of a rebuke and a call out. Like, don't just like wait on God and just stand there like, here I am. What are you doing? Like gazing into heaven. No, he's coming back. There's also an assurance. There's like a rebuke, a call out, and an assurance, an affirmation, and encouragement. He's coming again. Jesus has promised to come again. He sent his Holy Spirit, and in their case here, he will send his Holy Spirit. So, so get on the move. Okay, what does it look like for you? What are you doing responding to God? What does it look like to be faithful, to lean on his promises, to understand God's plan, to rest in God's timeline, and to trust in God's power? The works of God the acts of God. He's on the move. Amen? Let's pray together as we respond to him. Heavenly Father, thank you um, for this time in your word. Thank you for preparing us to be under your word for um, a, a, almost a year. Lord, as I prayed in the beginning there, I trust that you will shape us and grow us and work in us. Lord, I pray that we would be faithful because you are faithful. 
Lord, that even now in our time of response, that, they, that you would well up in our hearts the reality that we can be faithful because Jesus was faithful and because you are faithful. Lord, we can respond to you, that you are always the first cause and we are always the reaction. Lord, that we can, we can put our faith in you, we can respond to you, we can sing and give and pray and take communion because you first moved. And so even now as we've seen in Acts, and I pray that our weeks would be shaped by and our whole year as we spend time in this book and, and all of our lives would be shaped by your works, the works of God. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.